right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ballhawks podcast. We are live again. Again, we've been uh, doing this live thing and lots of fun, so why not continue it? Uh, we're on episode 39 uh, on this wonderful Sunday evening. Uh, would be a lot better if the Steelers just didn't score, but we'll move past that one. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And joined by the man of the hour in his Canada lacrosse hat and his Seahawks swag. He goes by the Jesse Pinkman of this show, Christopher Phillips. What's happening today, dude? (laughs) Yeah, science, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice touch, nice touch. (laughs) Uh, I I couldn't let that one go. Anytime I hear anyone, like... All the time when I explain things that sound like absolutely absurd, like I'll do it all the time at work. Like I'll like say something to someone, they like kind of look at me. I'm like, yeah, no, it's totally true. It's science. It's proven. Like go online, it's science. Yeah, it's and then like, I walk away. I'm like, yeah, science, bitch. You can't argue with science, right? <laughs> can't argue with science. Well, actually, apparently, I... a lot of people can nowadays. But uh... yeah, yeah, that's a conversation for a different show. Um, yeah, happy to be back though. Um, Mr. Heisenberg, I guess it's kind of, you know, it it does fit in. You are a, uh, you are a teacher and let's um, say it half fits in because I am definitely not a drug Lord and I'm definitely not a meth head. So, um, yeah, (laughs) it doesn't fit on many, uh, avenues here or whatever you call it, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, happy to be back for another week of the uh, Ball Hawks podcast live. Of course, we are part of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, we are streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook, guys. If you guys want to join in on the conversation, jump over to YouTube uh, or Facebook. And uh, if you comment over there, we will see your uh, comment live on air. Unfortunately, there is an issue with Restream and Twitter communicating with each other. So if you comment on Twitter, we unfortunately won't see those comments. So if you guys do want to say something, please jump over to YouTube or Facebook. And while you're there, uh, make sure you follow our page and or or subscribe on YouTube. Uh, You guys can find me over on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. You can find the Ballhawks podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod i just my mind went totally blank there. are you sure you're not a meth head <laughs> uh my name is chris <laughs> jeez damn it who uh, put a question mark on just, the teleprompter for chris yeah just to cover all my bases just in case he missed it again uh don't forget to follow steve at ss fisher 87 uh steve how, how was your weekend, man? <laughs> uh, it was not bad. You know, we uh, we got out for a little family hunt again. Unsuccessful, but we got to, uh, you know, scout some new land that we haven't been to. Um, in the hustle and bustle of life, it just seems the older I get, and I'm not even really that old relatively, but, you know, the older I get, uh, the the more I crave that time out in the bush, you know, do a little fire for the kids part way through so they can run around and chuck snowballs at them and stuff like that. So 
always a good weekend when I can get out in the bush and do that. Uh, how was your weekend? Um, busy, really, yeah. really, really busy. Uh, it was Olivia's birthday is coming up on Tuesday. So we did her birthday party yesterday. Uh, I went to some local pottery painting, something or other place, Fun. uh, with, with Olivia and her friends, eight, seven year old girls <laughs> is exhausting. <laughs> One seven year old girl is exhausting. Yeah. Having eight of them together and trying to coordinate all of them and feed all of them and keep them all contained in one area was a lot. Um, I definitely came home and fell asleep on my couch yesterday, shortly after the party. Uh, Shocker. <laughs> which, yeah, I was going to say that that's not a rare occurrence. Me falling asleep on the couch is, is quite, uh, quite common. Um, but Olivia had soccer yesterday as well. Um, my little superstar scored another goal, nice. uh, which it's funny. My, my parents came and watched the game and Olivia's team won three, nothing. And Olivia scored the first goal. And I, I say very, very quietly to my dad, I go, well, I guess that's two weeks in a row that Olivia scored the game winner. And my dad just starts laughing. He goes, I wonder where she gets her competitiveness from. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, unfortunately, I'm instilling my competitive nature in my kids, especially like Carter doesn't seem to have it yet. I mean, I know he's only four, um, but Olivia definitely has that drive. So, um, but yeah, it was good, man. It was, like I said, just busy, really busy. I saw the photos of you guys uh, with your with your snowy fire while you guys were out in the bush there. It looked like a lot of fun. Um, I guess like you, you said, it was unsuccessful. How's the freezer doing since, uh, is the bear almost gone from the spring uh, or do you still have lots of bear? No, we still have lots of bear. We actually have, uh, quite a bit of deer in there. Um, you know, both, both of our families are hunters. So, you know, her, her dad got, you know, a deer last year. He just got a, a moose, uh, early. No, I guess a couple weeks ago or something like that. So, you know get get a little bit here and there and still have about 10 days left to to find that monster that i missed the other weekend so i'll find it, it, it it's a good thing you guys do hunt and that you do have those opportunities to to source your own meat because holy i was at the grocery store today and for a, a pack of chicken breasts with like only four chicken breasts in there it's like 23 dollars or something outrageous i was like and Nadine asked me, she goes, oh, can you pick up chicken breast this week? I need it for uh, for a recipe. And I look at the price. I'm like, well, we better have chicken breast in the freezer. I'm not paying that price. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of one of those catch-22 ones, right? Because, I mean, to get out to certain spots and to get all the gear and this and that, you know, you are spending money. And there's years where you're completely unsuccessful and you spend hundreds if not thousands of dollars um getting stuff like that but you know one animal sets you up for for quite a bit in terms of how much it actually costs um and it's just better for you like the taste of it's better it's healthier for you you know where you got your meat from um yeah maybe i'll come shoot some birds with you yeah come on out we'll get we'll get the families out have have some fires. We can shoot some birds if we see them. Um, I, I hear grouse are are uh, easy targets. 
they're pretty they'll, like, dumb. Walk right, they'll, they'll walk right in front of you. Hey, shoot me. Yeah, they're pretty stupid. Um, yeah. Hit them with a stick if you really have to when, when it's legal to. <laughs> hey, some, sometimes you don't have a 22 with you because you forgot it. Uh, and you're not going to shoot it with a larger gun because you have no meat left. And you find a stick and you hit one. And a man's got to eat. And a man's got to eat. So, uh, as uh, Big Ben Cleveland said, you know, <laughs> I just I, I just saw them sitting in the tree there, and I was hungry. I just need, needed to eat something. Just hungry. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's jump into some NFL stuff. Uh, we have a resurrection of Superman's career. Uh, you, I, I wasn't watching this game, obviously. And you sent me the video of Cam coming out of the tunnel in his first home game back since uh, being uh, picked up by the Carolina Panthers. Do you have that video? Uh, I do. Roll the clip. Carolina. Here we go. He Just, is home, and I, I think the the caption on that was chills or, or goosebumps or something like that, and I totally agree for so many reasons. Um, Cam, Cam's got that thing where people want to see him fail, and I just don't get it. I, I was never a fan of him at Auburn uh, for obvious reasons there, but uh, as a professional, I, I love him. I love his confidence. I love you know his style of play. Um, and one of my favorite things that I was telling you about that is he's obviously like doing the let's go, but then he just like gets right close to the team and he's like, this is my team. This is my team. And I'm like, that is just, that's when I got the goosebumps. But then part of me was like, oh, poor Sam Darnold. Like everybody knows that that's Cam's team now. And Sam, Sam, I am is out. Sam's done for the year anyways. And I mean, he'll probably be back next year because his contract's already been guaranteed for next year. But yeah, like I've never shied away. I've never hidden my feelings for Cam Newton. Um, I've always been, I've I've always, you know, I I say Aaron Rodgers has the most punchable face in the NFL. Um, Cam Newton is a, uh, you know, a second place in my (laughs) book of of, uh, punchable faces in the NFL. Um, and it's 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 nothing to do with him. It's just like no, it is that that's a lie. Um, just his like Seattle and, and Carolina were both really talented for a number of years and would always go head to head in you know high profile matchups, playoff games, what have you. And seeing Cam, you know, rush for a first down, get up with his big smile on his face and point for the first down. It's just like you just want to you just want to punch him, right? Um, <laughs> 
you just you, you you just get fed up with that crap and you're just like god like again like um but seeing that video today like i got absolute goosebumps like it's just it's cool to see a guy get the opportunity to finish his career where it started i mean not saying that this is cam newton's swan song but I mean, the, the writing is kind of on the wall. Uh, he went unsigned for for ten for nine or ten weeks in the league, so the writing is kind of on the wall for Cam. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe he can turn this last half of the season into a contract for, you know, next year. Um, but you just you see his face and how the emotion on his face and how much it meant to him coming out of that tunnel again, wearing the black and teal of the Carolina Panthers and. For me, it's just, I just I I love seeing that. That's that's one of the best parts of sports is getting to see those types of moments, right? It's like um, I I can't really think of a, another one off off the top of my head. Another like kind of homecoming type scenario like that. Um, but it, it's just yeah, it, it's I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know if poetic justice is the right <laughs> term or not. But I don't think it is. Um, but like I said, that's what I love about sports. I love seeing those moments. I love, uh, you know, seeing the guys get to, I guess, go out on their own terms again, you know, depending on whether or not this is his last chance, who knows. Um, but he had, he had a good game today. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Panthers didn't, didn't win, but cam had, uh, two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Um, which I mean, we didn't see that Cam Newton last year in New England. Not at all. To be fair, he's got more weapons in Carolina than he, than he did last year in New England. Um, but Cam Newton last year was a broken Cam Newton that just wasn't, he wasn't healthy. Yeah. And I mean, he, he had the two passing and the one rushing touchdowns, but he was 21 of 27. He also ran 10 times for 46 yards. So like it's it's seeing the old cam come back is what gave me the goosebumps, so to speak. They did lose. But if you can call that on Cam Newton's shoulders, uh, like he he did everything that he could have done to help the Carolina Panthers uh, win this game. No picks, uh, no fumbles, anything like that. Like he was you know he he played out of his mind today and uh yeah I, I agree it's it's fun seeing those like wholesome stories where they come back and just what it means visually to those players you know you said you could see the emotion on his face everybody could see what that actually meant to him that's sports for me like whether you want to punch this guy's face or not you're like this is how much this means to this guy um to to come back to his his home place do you have the do you have his uh, his logo celebration on cue there? Yeah, his uh, after his touchdown yeah. run. Let's, have a Let's look see here. that one. Again, that's just sports. Like after you know, he spikes the ball on a logo, does his Superman, um, you know, 
chest celebration and then the, the camera pants, the fans and you see the fans doing the same yeah. celebration with like the, 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 the chest and like, they're all like just happy. And again, like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Like, again, like that is sports. That's what makes this like, that's what makes being a fan or just being a fan of sports in general, let alone being a fan of the Panthers. Um, that's what makes it all worth it. Is getting to see those little things. Um, I, I will say, you know, we're talking about, you know, seeing the, the Cam Newton of old, um, you know, the old Cam Newton of new um, is a little slower than he used to be. But I mean, we all but are. He was, um, he was never a burner, though. Like when he got no, that, he, when he, he got the he, edge like, there, I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to get smashed at a out the sideline for sure. And he, you know good body control you know he is a big guy so he's got power to kind of like fight off those tackles but the fact that he got the edge and then got to the pylon like he's never been a burner but it's showing that he's still got juice in his leg so i i don't know what happened maybe he just fully got healthy uh but he looks so good he lo- he looks young like he doesn't look I, old I, and he's not that old but no i i i think what probably catches people by surprise with cam is it yeah he's not super fast but like he's got a super long stride so if all of a sudden he changes direction like he's like all of a sudden he's like a full two steps ahead of you because his stride is so long like he's yeah he just moves like a gazelle right yeah uh let's shift gears a little bit here from kind of like the the good to the the bad and the ugly you and I have been ripping on the NFL all season for these taunting penalties. Uh, in his return from his injury, uh, Clyde Edwards, Elair of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the one blanking out today. Um, where am I? Yeah, where? What is? What am? I, what are we doing? What is this microphone in front of my face? Um, he got a taunting penalty uh, on a rushing touchdown for pointing at his opponent do you have this clip chris i do (laughs) okay eeyore roll it mahomes takes his pick touchdown edwards one back and a flag in the end zone so that that poor linebacker for the dallas cowboys (laughs) is probably so distraught. Oh my goodness. There's probably kids just, around just pointing at their siblings too. Oh, just kids crying everywhere. Like people are are suing the NFL for their for their mental uh, you know, how mentally disturbed they are from that just un- ungodly taunting <laughs> celebration of so here, pointing at a player yeah. as you cross the goal line. So as per the letter of the taunting rule, it is a taunt. I I get it. It it was a taunt according to the rule. Now let's play devil's advocate a little bit here, and I know they're they're different. The one we just talked about. How is a guy allowed to run through a team of people onto his own logo? Doesn't matter which logo, actually, in the middle of the field and spike the ball down and celebrate. Like <sighs> It's and, just and here's where here's where the here's where the hypocrisy really takes over. Let's say if the Washington football team scored a touchdown, let's say if T- Taylor Heineke 
runs in a, um, a, a rushing touchdown. And he takes the ball and he runs to center field and he plants the ball in the middle of the Carolina Panthers logo. He's getting flagged for taunting without a question. He's getting flagged for taunting because it's, he's the away team doing that in the home team's stadium. Right. So, and I I was going to say, I'm I'm glad you mentioned it because absolutely. How is what Cam Newton did not taunting, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire pointing at a player as he crosses over the goal line is taunting again it, there's so much hypocrisy and blurred lines and and grayness with this whole taunting business like when is it okay and when is it not right we saw who is it cassius marsh of the bears last week right. he was just looking over at the sideline it, it seems to be that they're focusing in on people who are directly looking at another player but i i don't get the difference between you know let's say the game that's going on right now um pittsburgh steelers deontay johnson loves to do the you know put the football in front of his face and you know point to the first down and drop it is that not a taunt like you're basically saying f all of you i just got my first down this isn't at any one person it's at all of you so like if anything You just pointing at the slow linebacker that you beat to the edge is less of a taunt, in my opinion, than you doing, you know, the the first down kind of or what? No, sorry. He does the arrow, doesn't he? I think he does like a a little arrow, if I'm not mistaken. I, I just saw it again today. Um, but it, you're totally right. With- the hypocrisy of it is what just boils my blood like. I, I, I don't get it. I don't understand the rhyme or the reason to it. And it's stupid. And the NFL needs to get rid of it because only a handful of old white men who are general managers or owners think this is like the greatest thing ever. Like if Matt, Nag- Matt Nagy, which I mean, we all know Matt Nagy's not a great football mind, <laughs> said something as well, like this past week about like, oh, like there's children watching or some BS like that. It's just like, like to take a page out of Chad Otrocinco child, please. Yeah. Like, yes, there are children watching, but like at the same time, like, okay, why is it okay for you to do those outlandish touchdown celebrations? How is that any better or worse or whatever than, you know, signaling a first down or, or pointing at a player as you cross a goal line, having a whole defensive team run to a camera on the other side of the building. Like, yeah. Like, or then like with Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Alaire is like, he was almost pointing at the guy like, ah, now like just stay there. Like I'm already yeah. across the goal line. Like yeah. don't try to tackle don't me. Don't waste sort of. like, your energy. I just, yeah. Don't waste your energy sort of thing. Right. Like, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's so high schoolish. Like my, my dad uh, is a high school uh, football official and my dad would have to throw a flag on something like that. If you're pointing at a guy as you cross the goal line, but that's the thing is like, it's high school. And right. like, I guess at, at that age, like they're, they're you know, trying to to limit it i i don't know i i don't know if i agree or disagree with it in high school either um but i think it was last week the nfl like almost like doubled down they're like nope like the taunting rules are here and this is what we expect of our players and they're not going anywhere and we're not going to change them i'm sure it's going to be a larger conversation at the uh, competition committee meeting this uh this winter i'm sure that will be a large topic of discussion uh, trying to get that figured out. Some Something just has to give. Like, I think of all of these infamous celebrations or 
or, or things that people have done that have, you know, kept my attention as a fan or they're like they're nostalgic to think about. I mean, you could argue that, you know, Deion Sanders high stepping into the end zone is a taunt. It's basically saying, like, I can go super slow and you can't catch me. I mean, Lamar Jackson did a flip into the end zone and didn't get called for a taunt. So, uh, right. And that, we, that, we, we talked about that. Right. So that, I, that's I, one I, thing. Right? Same thing. Devil's advocate. I'm like, how was that not taunting? Exactly. And I also think about this from a parent perspective. Now, you and I are both kind of like more stern parents. Like, we want our children to grow up with manners, with respect. Like, I'm, I'm not letting my kids, you know, run wild and be like, oh, they're just kids. So, like, I have a pretty high standard for my kids in terms of, like, what I expect them to do. And if they're playing sports and they go into the end zone and do a flip or, you know, some of these fun celebrations. Good for them. That is the, that's the, the passion in the game and the player coming out. And we, we've talked about the, the line that, that would cross that. You know, Juju standing over Vontez Perfect, you know, flexing as the guys concussed. Like, um, it's, it's one of those things that we all know what a taunt is when you see it there is a a very distinct difference between a taunt and if we're going to start calling guys for pointing at someone else every one of these sack celebrations need to be called then like you're basically dancing around the quarterback being like gotcha and and nothing gets called but this the second an offensive player does something to to show emotion uh it it, it gets called and to be honest I would rather see that emotion in players. Um, you know, you and I both said we got goosebumps seeing Cam, you know, come out of the tunnel and running to the logo and celebrating. Those are moments in sports we don't want to lose. The moments we want to lose in sports are the one where you're like flexing over top of a guy kind of idea, right? Or like smashing helmets with a guy. We all know the difference yeah. between it. Let's stop getting so literal with the taunting rule. And like... So talking about, you know, raising our kids and, and making sure that they have manners and, and doing things the right way and, and what have you. like And sportsmanship. And, 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 yeah. As somebody who grew up playing lacrosse um, and still plays lacrosse, I have had my emotions get the best of me on a number of occasions. And I have had a number of unsportsmanlike penalties <laughs> for those uh, for those occurrences. Like, when, you know, one of the ones that stands out in my mind um right now i think i was like i want to say 19 years old and i managed to goad another player into a penalty got him pissed off enough to get a penalty and my cockiness got the best of me i walked up to the guy patted him on top of the head and said Mm -hmm. hey good job (laughs) i got a guess you got a penalty right because yeah that's a a taunt taunt, right like in in that moment you're like 100 percent. i earned that one i get it yeah, I was like, oh, crap. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I was unhappy in the moment. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, that was stupid. Like, as soon as the ref blew me down for it, I was like, yeah, that was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. But, okay, so I don't know if you watched this last week, um, but the Canadian men's soccer team played Mexico in Edmonton last week. Uh, it was ice cold. There was snow surrounding the field. Canada scored a goal to go up 2-0 two, two over Mexico. And this is huge. These are World Cup qualifier matches to go to the World Cup next year. And this is how the Canadian soccer players celebrated. 
the, the bobsled team <laughs> jumping into a mountain of snow and i saw that i was watching the game live with uh with olivia and i saw this guy jump into that mountain of snow and i started laughing because i loved it i thought it was amazing and it's fun exactly yeah. sports are fun right um i don't know it's uh it's frustrating We'll have to deal with it for the rest of this season. Um, like I said, I'm sure it'll come up at uh, the AGM in, I don't know, what is it, January, February, March, or whenever the, whenever the NFL does the, that is. the competition committee meetings and, and what have you. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, because I know you can't say it without the Thomas in there, had himself... Uh, it's historic. <laughs> the heartthrob JTT himself. Nice cue up on that one. Uh, Hilarious. Young, Rand- young Randy Taylor. Yeah. Uh, he had himself one hell of a night. Put up 200 all-purpose yards. Five. Five touchdowns. Uh, 185 yards rushing on the ground. Uh this team goes as Jonathan Taylor goes. Um, our buddy Ryan Hank from the PP1 podcast just chimed in. Fun fact: I have the same BD as Randy Taylor. <laughs> I love how he calls him Randy Taylor. Also, so no, but about I'm I I have a, a question. And I need clarification. Do you have the same birthday as Jonathan Taylor Thomas or as Randy Taylor the character? Oh, please clarify, sir. Because, yeah, did, did we ever find out what Randy Taylor's birthday was? I'm sure, I'm sure episode, they celebrated right? it yeah. once or twice on uh, on the show. But, yeah, Jonathan Taylor had himself a night. And uh, I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter chiming in about, uh, is he not getting the respect for MVP vote that he should be getting? We talked, we talked a few weeks uh, before... Uh, Derrick Henry got hurt about how he was kind of in the driver's seat for for being in the conversation. But is is Jonathan Taylor in that conversation at least? So sorry, follow up from Ryan. Get the F out of here. Obviously, the real person. I'm not a freak. <laughs> I, I would uh, like to de- debate that one with you, Ryan. But that's, uh, again, conversation for another show. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he should be in the conversation, but even when you say it now, I'm like, is he though? Like, is he like, but he absolutely should be. But like, I mean, you look at Alvin Kamara put up a six touchdown game on Christmas, Christmas day for the saints last year. And same thing. Like he wasn't even in the conversation for MVP after putting up a monster day like that. But I think it's just some recency bias with like he had the huge game today. He's been performing consistently all season. Um, so yeah, he probably should be in the conversation, but at the end of the day, we all know it, it, it's a quarterback award. He'll probably win something like offensive player of the year. Or like, you know, here you're, you're the runner up to the MVP, but here's this like trophy that nobody really cares about. Assistant to the regional manager. So he's got 1,122 yeah. rushing yards and 13 touchdowns already. He he could, I mean, he's been having some big games, so 
it wouldn't shock me if he comes close to that two. You know, you, you they have that extra game this this season, obviously with seventeen games. It would not shock me if he gets close to that two thousand marker, and then you know he has to be in it. He's got games of one hundred and eighty five rushing yards. 116, 172, 107, 145, 103. He's not just putting up one monster game and and kind of moving on from that. He's consistently putting up big numbers. And I think we forget that this Colts team was absolutely abysmal to start the year. Like, I, I can't remember exactly what they are. I probably should have done a little bit of homework before, you know, making this claim but they have won three in a row and they're six and five so they at least started out two and five and uh you know he he's a big reason for their success moving forward they're able to control games with his running style and uh if derrick henry's not or it was getting love i definitely think jtt uh, should be getting the the love, but I think you are right. It is a you know a quarterback award for MVP, which is uh, unfortunate. What makes me laugh is that there are teams out there today that lost with JTT in their lineup. Yeah, he scored. A, I think he had a fifty burger in most leagues uh, in fantasy hey, football. I uh, I empathize with those people because I had. Alvin Kamara in my lineup last year on Christmas day when he scored six oh, right. touchdowns and I lost. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. So um, the thing with Jonathan Taylor too, that is so shocking. He's 22. He just turned 22 yeah, in January. So that means next year he's only going to be 23. So he hasn't even hit like, you know, what people say is like the, the, the prime years of a running back. So I'm going to go out here, guys. I don't even say, I'm not even going to say this is going out on a limb or this isn't even a hot take. Jonathan Taylor in your redraft fantasy football leagues next year, 101. He is ahead of Christian McCaffrey. He is ahead of Derrick Henry. He is ahead of anyone else. Take Jonathan Taylor first overall in your fantasy dr- drafts next year, and you'll be looking at him like this <laughs> at the end with, of the year with hearts all around him. Wow, that that's a bold take. I, I love it. I I think he's got all the he's got the recipe to do it. It you know he's got a coach that wants to feed him the ball. You know they they don't even have do they have Quentin Nelson back? I can't remember. I haven't been following the Colts a whole lot. Um, the offensive line is good and they don't want Carson Wentz throwing the ball 50 times. So uh, he can also catch out of the backfield and they love feeding him in the end zone. So, um, you know, I love the hot take. Uh, so obviously the Colts, since we're on the topic of this, the AFC continues to be the most unpredictable thing I have ever seen in sports. Just when you think a team is sort of pulling ahead and, and kind of carving themselves out as the class of the AFC, you know, we had we had the Bills for, for many weeks who were, were atop. Uh, they lose to the Jaguars. They get absolutely routed by the Colts. Um, we had Tennessee, who was on a five-game winning streak. I'm trying to remember how many they won in a row. 
something like that. So everyone started looking at them. Oh, are the are the Titans for real? Are are they the class of the AFC? Well, they get upset by the Houston Texans. No one saw that coming. Um, that helps no one. That helps no one. And you have the Patriots now in first place in the AFC East. So my question to you, Chris, is next week, you know, everyone's looking at this now as, well, are the Patriots the class of the AFC because they're being the most consistent? Are we going to be talking about this next week as well, where maybe the, the I don't know who the Pats are playing, but are they, are they going to get upset? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> Probably, I, I, right? I, I think... Yeah, I, I think we're going to be talking about this for the rest of the season. It's like, who? I mean, the the Chiefs do seem to be coming on hot right now. Um, they seem to have kind of woken up, and I don't know if they're just playing pissed off or or what's going on there. But the Chiefs have seemed to to have awoken. So keep an eye on them, of course. Which I mean, they should be part of the conversation when we're talking about the top teams in the AFC. Um, what's going on with Buffalo? Like, are they broken? Did the, did the shag wires break them? <laughs> did, did they get desperate in Duval and don't know how to recover since? Like, I, I just like the, the, the bills are probably the most shocking yeah. team right now in the AFC because I mean, I, I would lump them and the Cleveland Browns as the, the two most surprising teams in the AFC and not for good reasons. <laughs> like, yeah, like you, you know, could like, say like, everyone was kind of crowning them as like the the, the paper champions of the conference yeah. in the off season. And I mean, the Browns barely uh, skated past the Detroit Lions, and um, the Bills got beat up on by the Jaguars. Well, I mean, that was a f- field goal fiasco. It's still um, a beat up when you look at the records. Yeah, exactly, right? And and then um and then got just absolutely manhandled by the Indianapolis Colts today. So those are the the, the probably two most surprising teams for me right now in uh a very very negative context. Yeah, but to to even further that, I mean, I'm going to get into this in a little bit when we talk about the two our you know our our two respective teams here, but all of these top teams seem to have like glaring 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 issues you know you have the Patriots starting out slow you're not really sure if they're they're a complete team like are they are they for real the Bills obviously we talked about that even the Ravens you know they they've looked terrible albeit they didn't have Lamar Jackson today but they they have not looked good the last two weeks um you know the the team that upset you know, the Ravens at home, the Cincinnati Bengals have looked, you know, a little shocking. Cleveland has looked shocking. Tennessee losing today. Um, you know, L.A. coming back. Who, who? What is L.A. now? Like, they were losing games they should have won. And now, you know, they look pretty dominant, uh, for the most part anyways, against the Steelers. So, what a, what a mess uh, of a conference. Um, and as I tweeted out... Even even more of a mess is the AFC North, where every team in the AFC North is a winning record football team, uh, even with the Steelers losing tonight. And 
again, like everything in the AFC just seems to be this huge crapshoot where you just really don't know what's going to happen anymore. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's surprising for sure. I mean, like you said, the LA Chargers, like winning, losing games that, the, you know, they should have won. And then tonight they were, I mean, they were pretty much in control for most of that game. And then they let Pittsburgh get back into it. Um, and then, you know, managed to pull out the win late there. So it, uh, yeah, just lots of surprising factors uh, in the AFC. I mean, really quickly, just to touch on it, like Green Bay losing to Minnesota today um, was surprising on the NFC side of things. Um, I guess I'll touch on the other somewhat surprise uh, when I touch on my, uh, you know, our, one of our two home teams here. Um, but yeah, just a wild world in the NFL this year. I think it was last week or maybe two weeks ago, you know, we said any given Sunday and that is certainly proving true, uh, for the league this year, which is fun. I don't, I don't know if I remember seeing, you're right. It is fun. Like that, that keeps it interesting for a lot of different fan bases, right? I'm just thinking to myself in all of the years I've been watching football, I can't remember a year where there was so much uncertainty, right? Like there's teams that, you know, every year you look at and you're like, all right, they're going to be good. They're probably going to lose one of these like tight battle games. Um, you know, the, the chiefs of the last few years, you knew they were probably going to be the first seed in the AFC. They were for sure going to win their division. And, you know, things like that for many years, it was, you know, Brady was going to, to, to win the, sorry, the AFC East. There was always these certainties. And now it just seems like there literally is no certainty in the NFL this year. And it is so exciting. Like, so from a fan perspective, it's exciting. It's also frustrating from a fan perspective, but I think that's what makes it so fun is that you just don't know. Your team goes and plays the Bears and you almost lose. That's frustrating, but it's also fun. I'm glad I'm not a betting man. Yeah, I, I'm really <laughs> happy. I do. I do not bet uh, sports anymore. No. Um, do you want to go first with the Seahawks? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Okay, I'll go. It's not much better. (laughs) It's not much better from here. Um, So the Ravens uh, went to Soldier Field in Chicago to play the Chicago Bears today. The big news that kind of headlined everything, uh, you, I think you put it in our chat with the boys from the PP1, or maybe Ryan did. But his big news was Hollywood was out and Lamar. And at that time, Lamar wasn't actually out. But if you saw him walk into Soldier Field, you knew that he was already out. He looked just like this old man. A couple people had some jokes with it that uh, he looked like he had to take a dump again because he was kind of like waddling side to side. I think that's just like his like his cramp walk. I don't don't know. Uh, So Lamar Jackson did not play today. The key inactives today were obviously Lamar, Marquise Brown, 
the two that really stood out to me, though, obviously those were obvious standouts, but they were also missing cornerback Anthony Averett and cornerback Jimmy Smith. Uh, so their corner depth was super, super, super low going into this game. Um, it kind of set the tone for the game because even the Chicago Bears had some big inactives. You have Allen Robinson in fantasy football. He wasn't playing. Uh, Khalil Mack wasn't playing on the defensive side. So you had a lot of backups in this game, and it kind of showed. Like, it was just, it was ugly football right from the start. Obviously, Tyler Huntley got the start for the Baltimore Ravens in this game. My, my first note that I put down is this was in the first quarter that the secondary looks susceptible already and the run defense looks susceptible, which is not a good way to start uh, any game out when it's kind of that obvious. Um, sh- uh, sorry, uh, the Ravens were unable to sustain any long drives. Uh, Chicago put together one OK drive that ended with a missed field goal. And uh, the Ravens kind of just played as you thought they might. They they were trying to lean heavily on a run game. Uh, Huntley was he was throwing the ball all right, but a very uneventful first half. Justin Tucker gets two field goals. The Ravens are up six nothing. And all I'm thinking of is, wow, this is another repeat from last week's ugly game uh, against Miami. And I wrote here just before the half that special teams are going to win this game and defensive turnovers, which proved to me somewhat right. Um, It just looked like they weren't getting any pressure on Justin Fields in that first half. Um, Again, it was just it was super ugly. That's that's all I can say about it. Just just really ugly. Uh, third quarter starts off kind of more of the same at one point in the third quarter. I don't know if you watched any of this. It was one of our locally televised games. There was one point where Calais Campbell knew he was not going to make it off of the field and he just fell to the ground, grabbing an ankle. (laughs) Like it was so, I saw it. As he, because obviously, like, you know, when your team's on defense, you're kind of looking. When one guy looks like, you know, there's chaos and pandemonium, you're like, oh, they have way too many people on the field right now. And I think it was Romo. Romo and Nance were calling the game, and Romo goes, oh, look at this one, look at this one. Nance, you ought to see this. Uh." And he he highlights uh, Calais Campbell basically just looking around and dropping to the ground. And he's like, at least make it look like, you know, you're trying to hold a toe or, you know, really sell it. Um, So they get a stoppage play. The Bears players are all pointing. No call on the play. It is. Gamesmanship. Yeah, it's gamesmanship. That kind of stuff happens so often all the time. It's just this one was so obvious. Like, even as a Ravens fan, I'm just like facepalm emoji. Like, come on, Calais. Um, And then the unthinkable happens. The unthinkable happens. The Ravens get to Justin Fields. Justin Fields goes out of the game. And 
who decides to come in and ruin Baltimore's day like only that ginger little prick can? Andy Red Rock, sorry, Andy Ginger Rocket Dalton comes into just, we've seen it so many times with this guy, not a good football player anymore. Uh, he, he used to be a good quarterback, good in a very loose term. Um, he comes in to ruin the Ravens day and he takes two plays, just two plays to uh, throw a 60 yard dump off pass to Darnell Mooney for, for a touchdown. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me. Andy Dalton is going to ruin the chance of this team squeaking out a win like only Andy Dalton can. And uh, that's that's when my frustration kind of hit uh, an all-time high, uh, seeing Andy Dalton come in. But he doesn't, he doesn't play that well. He goes 11 for 23. He doesn't turn the ball over, uh, throws for 200 yards. He, he did better than what Justin Fields did, but uh, thankfully he didn't ruin the game. Uh, there was a there was a fourth and one stop in the fourth quarter that uh, there was a direct snap to uh, David Montgomery in a wildcat, and they they highlighted it on the TV that the Bears actually seal the left end so well, and all David Montgomery has to do is just kick that ball out, and he's going for it. Instead, he pulls a Trent Richardson and runs it straight up the middle into a. <laughs> you know, the pile of men waiting to stop him and the Ravens get this huge fourth and one stop. So you're thinking to yourself, here we go. We got the ball back, you know, late in the game, the Ravens have a chance to win with Tyler Huntley under center. Um, and then they, uh, they, they get Andy Dalton into a fourth and 11, fourth and 11. Where have we seen this before? Oh, I remember. Fourth and I think it was like 17 or something like that. Andy Dalton throws a touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd. Uh, ruins the Ravens playoff chances. Andy Dalton does it again. He throws a big deep ball to uh, Marquise Goodwin. Who absolutely cooks Chris Westry. Touchdown. Game over, right? Just kidding. The Bears do what only Matt Nagy and the Bears can do. Busted coverage. Uh, Tyler Huntley gets this big, huge, you know, sideline pass to uh, Sammy Watkins is who it was. Uh, they get they get into the red zone. Uh, Freeman runs up the middle for a touchdown, 16-13. They found a way to win, but oh my goodness, was it ugly it was the Bears. The Bears are bad. The Bears didn't have Allen Robinson. The Bears didn't have Khalil Mack. I understand that the Ravens also have a lot of injuries, but... It, the Bears I just, did not have Beats nor Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica either, so... That's funny. <laughs> um, the, there, there, was a, there was a couple... There was one tweet in particular that I, that I saw that was kind of 
funny and fitting for this, but it said, imagine if I told you in August the Ravens would win a game at Chicago without Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, Ronnie Stanley, Anthony Averett, Jimmy Smith, Pernell McPhee, Derek uh, Wolf, Brandon Williams. He also forgot to add in Deshaun Elliott and they would still win. I would have said you're insane, um, but the Ravens, they've got some nasty depth to this team because the fact that they're seven and three and winning games, they have no business winning. Uh, some people are saying it's going to catch up with them. It might. They have the hardest last seven games in a schedule I have ever seen. Uh, got to play the Steelers twice. Got to play the Browns. Got to play the Packers. Got to play the Rams and the Bengals one last time. So that's your final seven. If you can get out of that final seven, four and three with 11 wins, I think you sneak into the playoffs when... You've got 20 guys on IR, and you should not be sneaking into the playoffs. So that was the Ravens week. How uh, how much worse could it have gotten for the Seahawks, I guess I should say. <laughs> I'm still not ready to talk about it. Kid. Do you have anything else you would like to rat- add about the Ravens game? Nope, that's um, as nice as I could be. I... Uh... I, I, I didn't see much of it. I missed the entire first half. I was at the grocery store and then I got home and the kids were watching cartoons or something like that. And I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch football. And I could like see it on Olivia's face. Like already. I was like, okay, I'll watch football after the show is done. <laughs> so, um, but it's funny. You, you'll be impressed to hear that. Hear this. I, um, turned on the Ravens and Bears game and Carter's going like, Oh daddy, where's the Seahawks? They got the Seahawks playing today. <laughs> and Olivia goes there. I go. Yeah, buddy. The, the Seahawks play later today. And Olivia while eating lunch goes, yeah, right now it's the Ravens and the Bears. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good for you. Like, she knows who the Ravens are because like, I, I talk about the Ravens enough and I've told her that those are, you know, that's Steve's team and, and what have you. So she, she has a pretty, pretty good understanding now who the Ravens are, but that she knew that it was the Ravens and the bears. I was just blown away. That's my football. And, girl. Let's go. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Seahawks recap. Woo. Woo. Um, I mean, they scored the a touchdown. Lost. They scored a touchdown, Chris. Yeah, they scored a touchdown. You did it. <laughs> Hooray. Did you see my tweet with that um, one? Russell Wilson hasn't passed for a touchdown since like week five, but like you did it. Congratulations. Did, did you happen so, to see my, my tweet with that or were you ignoring me? Um, I don't think so. I was probably ignoring you. Yeah. So you've been giving me a little bit of crap and you put my boy Pat Ricard as your Thanos guy on our Tuesday show. So I just couldn't help this it said hashtag Ravens flock. If you think things are bad, just remember that the hashtag Seahawks haven't scored a touchdown since Travis Homer returned an onside kick against the Jags. That was in week eight and against the Jags. Come on, Russ time to cook. And he did. Yeah. He, he, he did not. He, um, he kind of like sauteed a little bit. So before I really get into it, I just want to say Jamal Adams had a hell of a game today. A lot of people are crapping on him. He got a 
defensive pass interference penalty late in the game. And a lot of people, a lot of people are saying like, Oh, like that was like the game killing touchdown. And it's all Jamal's. I mean, just chill out guys. Like, like that defensive pass interference didn't decide the game. Um, the Seahawks offense was total dog crap. <laughs> like <laughs> Jamal had a hell of a game. He proved why he was once upon a time, you know, what was it? Two seasons ago. I say once upon a time, but it was like two years ago that he was a, you know, all pro safety while playing for the New York jets. Um, you know, he is, Definitely, uh, you know, shedding the Blitz Boy nickname that people have loved to tag onto him. He's proving that he's a well-rounded, all-around safety. He can play in coverage. He can blitz. He can, I mean, he covered a screen so well today. I I honestly thought he probably should have intercepted the ball. But, um, like, it was, it it was, he, he played great. And I don't want to hear any... Jamal Adams slander um, other than the fact you can slander the uh, management and head office of the Seattle Seahawks because we gave away all of that draft capital to acquire a guy like Jamal Adams just to turn around and um, poop the bed. And we're going to give the Jets probably a top 10 draft pick. So bravo, Pete and John. You guys just nailed it <laughs> ass hats and that's where we're going right with this here so the seahawks are struggling like there's no if ands or buts about it there's no sugar coating there's no ways around it the seahawks are struggling defenses looked a lot better these last two three four weeks whatever it's been but the offense can't get going and for all of you yeah, I'm going to say it. All of you Seahawks air quote fans tweeting out that the Seahawks need to bench Russell Wilson and the Seahawks need to let Russell Wilson go and the Seahawks need to trade Russell Wilson and let Geno Smith play and Geno Smith's going to give us a better opportunity to win. Like, oh, wow. I'm going to pause. I'm about to swear. Um, <laughs> You're doing so child, good right pl- now. <laughs> child, please. Child, please. Child, please. Child, please. Like That is ridiculous. Are you, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? You want to be Seahawks fans saying that it's a, let Russell go and, and none of us care anyways and trade him off and it won't affect our team and let, let Geno Smith run this offense? Like, Did you see Geno Smith run this offense for three weeks while Russell Wilson was out? Yeah, those were three games that the Seahawks should have won. And the only reason they were in those games because of the, is because of the defense, not because of Geno Smith. So get out of here with that garbage take that Russell Wilson is not the quarterback, should not be the quarterback of this team, and that they should move on from Russell, Russell Wilson and, and allow Geno Smith. Geno Smith, the guy that couldn't quarterback the New York Jets. <laughs> the New York Jets to any sort of success. Like Geno Smith is a good backup. He's he's he's, a great backup. He's a really good backup. backup. But as somebody who does not follow the Seahawks religiously to the average NFL fan who does not follow the Seahawks religiously, every single one of them knows that you have an infinitely better chance of winning a football game with Russell Wilson than Geno Smith. 
It's not even close. Yeah. It if some like I got to be honest, I did a lot of blocking of Ravens fans accounts today because I'm so tired of I love Twitter for the positive interactions and and you know, we've talked about it before. Those people who are calling for Geno Smith to start instant block because you don't know football. Yeah. I'm on there to talk football, you don't know it and you are too stupid to realize what's in front of you instant block if that's me and i'm a seahawks fan yeah like P- pft uh tweeted like you know if if russell wilson wanted out after a 12 and 4 season what what is russell wilson going to want after you know currently they're three and seven and who knows how they finished like and, and one guy replied like oh who cares we like we don't want him anyways or like something like something like just ridiculous like that and i'm just I I typed out one tweet and then I deleted it and got out and then I like scrolled back through and I saw it again and then I typed out another tweet and then I deleted it. It was just like I don't want to get into it with people online. Instant block. But stop having these garbage takes. Russell Wilson is the only franchise quarterback we have ever had in Seahawks history. Matt Hasselbeck was a really good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I love Matt Hasselbeck. He's a big reason why I started cheering for the Seahawks. I have talked about Matt Hasselbeck a number of times in the past. But as far as like franchise quarterbacks, guys that are essentially irreplaceable, that is Russell Wilson. And if you think, and and the Seahawks were lucky to get him. They found him in the third round. Yeah, The Seahawks don't have a draft pick to just turn around and replace Russell Wilson tomorrow. Yes, is Russell Wilson's time going to come? Yes, it will. Just as it does for every other player in the league, but his time is, it it hasn't reached that point yet. So everyone chill out, chill out, chill out. I'm mad. You can hear it in my voice. (laughs) I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with the on, on field product, just like the rest of you. But I know that Russ probably isn't hundred percent healthy. And, and, and that's partially on him, but partially on, on the team for, allowing him to continue to play when he's not a hundred percent is Shane Waldron really the answer the offensive coordinator like other than the first game against the Indianapolis Colts what has Shane Waldron shown that Brian Schottenheimer didn't show nothing he runs the same old bland boring BS offense that every other offensive coordinator has run in the Russell Wilson era which also now that's a bigger question. Is it the offensive coordinator or is Pete meddling too much? So here's my take. My take is burn it down. Burn it down, burn it down. Take out the coaches. Pete's got to go. Offensive coordinator's got to go. Ken Norton Jr.'s got to go. Let's get a new system in. Don't move on from the quarterback. Don't move on from the best quarterback we've ever had in franchise history. That's not the answer there. The answer is to get a new coach and bring in a system that helps our quarterback and the surrounding talent shine. Because right now, what they're doing isn't helping Russell Wilson. It's not helping DK Metcalf. It's not helping Tyler Lockett. The run game looks like crap. There's so many other options rather than saying, oh, no, we need to move on from our franchise quarterback. Like, get out of here with that take, guys. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. Like, at me. 
Come at me on, on Twitter, at PhillipsChris12. You can find me there. I don't care. Hit me up. I love it. And I will I will stand by this take. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm frustrated just like the rest of you guys are. I know our good friend of the show, Michaela, is frustrated as well. She sent out a tweet today, and she was actually swearing in the tweet. And I replied, I was like, I don't think I've ever seen you swear on Twitter. And she nope. She goes, I don't think I actually have. She goes, I actually just sent out a tweet about that, how he never <laughs> cuts, which also led me to a different, I guess, thought in my mind. So is that like a, di- like, I know in like Canada and the U.S., like we call it pop up here and down in the States, they call it soda. We call it swearing. Do you guys call it cussing? Someone could also at me on that one. I, I would appreciate <laughs> it because Michaela um, said cuss. And I was like, wait a second. I said swearing, but maybe, maybe if our friend Jake Vogel, uh, who we had on last week, hears this, he can. Uh, he's usually Let pretty know, good at, at at adding us here in La La Land, as he likes to call it. Yeah, that's right. Hit me up in La La Land, uh, <laughs> Jake. I I will be up uh, three hours later than you will be, though. But please feel free to to hit me up. Um, anyways, guys, um, Colt McCoy coming into Seattle uh, and winning two years in a row last year, he led the New York giants to a victory this year. He led the Cardinals to a victory, which is super frustrating. Um, but it, it is what it is. This isn't the Seahawks year. Um, really sucks. We don't have our own first round draft pick to at least make up for the fact like, okay, like we suck this year, but like, Hey, we'll get a good draft pick <laughs> and maybe we'll get a good like offensive lineman or like a good edge rusher, but Nope. So, um, just honestly, guys, like weather the storm, watch the games. Don't watch the games. I don't care. I'm going to watch the games. I don't care what you guys do. Um, weather the storm and there's always next year. So, yeah, it, it's one of those tough things. I, when teams go through such sustained success all the time and their team has a down year or a down couple years or a down few years, you really get to see who, you know, who's willing to stick with the ship as it's going down. Um, I, I remember, you know, the the post Super Bowl years uh, where we had guys like Justin Forer set as our, you know, stars on the team. And it, you're right; it is frustrating. It's it's tough to deal with a losing season when you're so used to being in the playoffs, in the conversation, you have a chance every year to just having like, you know, what, what I can gather from you is that, you know, hope is lost. This, this is a, it's a done year. It's a down season. And it, it's so funny to see the fans who are here for success. And the, the, the moment tough times get tough, it's like, Oh, let's, let's be irrational. And, you know, do things that are detrimental to like the future of this team because right now sucks. So we just got to do everything that sucks forever. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And and like we have been as Seahawks fan, we've been very, very blessed and very lucky these last 10 years um, with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. It's been a lot of success, not a lot of, um, you know, downtime in these last 10 years. And these things happen. The sports, not just the NFL, sports are cyclical. You have ups, you have highs and lows. Sometimes you're good, sometimes you're bad. 
I mean, we can't all be the New England Patriots. Um, and it's just we're going through a downturn right now. And the answer isn't to give up on Russ. It's to say, okay, we're having a downturn. It's time to look at new coaching. And I'm not saying fire Pete Carroll. I really hope Pete Carroll, which I – I don't know. I, I, I think he's probably too proud for this. I, I saw somebody else tweet this and I agreed with it. Let Pete Carroll walk away. Pete needs to say, you know what, guys? Like, at, at the end of this year, I'm done. Or maybe at the end of the year, like, just have that conversation. Like, hey, like, I'm done. Like, let him walk away. He, he, he doesn't deserve to be fired by this franchise. He's, again, best head coach we've had in franchise history. But it, it is time to move on. Um, but it's not time to move on from your superstar quarterback. Um, he still gives you the best chance to win. And like you said, there's, there's no immediate solution to moving on from if you think times are tough. Now, if you move on from him, chances are you get an even more frustrated DK Metcalf who, you know, there's going to be turmoil there. Um, have another, have another Tavares Jackson's year. Right. Like, like the, the Tavares Jackson years were not good years. Yeah. And that is what led up to the, again, getting lucky and hitting the the lottery with Russell Wilson in the third round guys. Right. So like, just, I'm going to take a page out of Aaron Rodgers books. R E L A X. That's right. Relax. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on to something fun. We're going to we're going to close the show out this week with everyone's favorite segment of their entire week. I do, not even just on our podcast, but really people look forward to this um, every Monday morning and they can't wait for it uh, through the week. And that is the third down segment brought to you by Bad Tattoo. Take it away, Chris. Third down, third, 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 down, 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 down. <laughs> Great sound effects we have on this mixer board, hey? <laughs> I know, right? Like, can you believe that we can afford a mixer board now? But that's all thanks to our friends, our good friends at Bad Tattoo Brewing, um, that we can afford those wonderful sound effects. But yes, the third down segment is brought to you by Bad Tattoo Brewing here in beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia. Um, be sure to go check them out at badtattoobrewing.com. Sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club. Get that beer delivered right to your doorstep, guys. Uh, I, I haven't checked, but I know they do have their advent calendars on sale until November 30th. The reason I haven't checked is because I already picked mine <laughs> up. It's uh, sitting upstairs right beside my beer fridge waiting for me to open it on December 1st, of you course. You haven't peaked yet? Um, I haven't peaked yet. I've been good. Good for you. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've been good. Um, it's going to be a lot harder when I cut it open um, <laughs> because it's not all the individual doors, so it's going to be a lot harder when I cut it open not to peak as, you know, <laughs> what wh- what's tomorrow going to bring me? <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, guys, go, go check them out, batchet2brewing.com. Uh, if the advent calendars are still available, I highly recommend getting one. Um, I mean, the advent beer advent calendars are such a a, a fun, uh, novel idea to, 
you know, pull out one beer a day, stick it in the morning, stick it in the fridge. And when you get home from work, you're like, Ooh, I get to drink that beer now. Like, <laughs> I mean, we all do that anyways, but like now it's an advent calendar. So it just adds a little bit more excitement to it. They, they just released their new, uh, hazy pale ale, uh, no bad haze, n- no bad haze. Yeah. Thank you. I'd, I, 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 when I went and picked up my advent calendar, I was like, Ooh, they brought in the, in the cooler already. I, I grabbed it, but I, I grabbed a different hazy. Uh, I grabbed a hazy IPA instead, nice. which was also delicious. Um, I think it was called Hazed and Confused. Yeah. Um, but definitely uh, check out the No Bad Haze. Um, I'm not a big sour guy. Um, right. Not my favorite style of beer, but I recently tried their um, Red Plum Winter Sour Ale, and uh, what was it, it was like? really I good. I didn't. I didn't actually grab one. What was it like? I highly recommend it. My biggest issue with a lot of those sours is that like these beer companies want to like punch you in the face and make you mm. feel like you're sucking on, on a lemon when you take a drink from like these sour beers. Almost. Yeah. It's like, Oh, like, like there's the amount of sour beers that I've dumped down the drain. Um, I could probably count on two hands because I'm like, Oh, like maybe I'll like this one. And then <laughs> Nope. Nope. I don't. Um, and uh, the, the red plum, uh, winter sour ale did not get that bitter punch in the mouth like dump this out sourness it was just it was a very well balanced um sour and i will definitely buy it again that's that's a really good point you're making um i would say it's probably what bad tattoo does the best in their beer that what i what i really appreciate about their beer over a lot of other companies is the fact that the balance of flavors is there. So you're drinking a beer that's enjoyable. It's not like, uh, you know, you, you, you mentioned it as like a, a punch in the face kind of thing. Like you want the beer to be balanced. Even the one we've been talking about, or I've been, you know, can't get enough of the, the chocolate peanut butter Porter, you know, it does punch you in the, in the mouth with chocolate and peanut butter, but it's very, it's very smooth and balanced, uh, to go with that. I'm actually, I haven't made my way down there recently. Um, but I still have quite a few of these guys kicking around their Cerveza Negra, a a really good beer, you know, to, when you're looking for something light, you know, uh, I know it's the season to get all like the heavy dark beer. Um, I love I love a dark beer as much as anyone else, but it, it, they they do a really nice job of uh, making those kind of light beer as well. The Cerveza Claro, you know, I've, I've been drinking a lot of that one lately. Um, definitely go down there, guys. Check out their location in Kelowna, Penticton. I've been sort of plug in the pizza as well. I think it's one of the best pizza in all of Kelowna, you know, Saturdays, Mondays, Thursdays, you can, you know, bring the family there as an excuse to watch football, drink beer and eat pizza. Cause they've got their TVs up. They're playing some football and you can call it a family outing while you watch football and, uh, have some great food and great beer. And, uh, Hey, um, I don't, I, I don't know if you guys are interested um, but if, if you are hit up Steve or I in our hit us up in our personal DMS, hit us up on the podcast account of ballhawks underscore pod. Um, but if, if you're in Kelowna or the surrounding areas, 
Um, and you want to go have like a, a watch party on a Thursday night, Thursday night down at Bad Tattoo Kelowna or a Sunday or, you know, whatever works. Let us know. We're, we're going to try to organize like a, a, a little watch party and uh, and we'll go all uh, head down there. Um, they'll, they'll, you know, book off a little spot for us and we'll watch some football, drink some beers, watch, uh, eat some pizza and uh, just, you know, it, enjoy ourselves and, you know, get a chance to, I guess, meet each other. So totally. Anyways, uh, the third down, uh, as mentioned previously, presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing in Kelowna. We we love to talk about food on this show. I couldn't help but go back to the food well on this third down. So this week, Steve, I have the battle of the breakfast breakfast food. Oh, that's a little bit of a curveball. I like it. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, breakfast is. Uh, I I don't eat breakfast regularly enough. But breakfast food is easily the best food on the menu. Um, and uh, so with that, Steve, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Third down. Let's do it. All right. First matchup, we have cold cereal. So just like your regular, like, you know, Honey Nut Cheerios, Fruit Loop, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, whatever, whatever cold <laughs> cereal uh, you're feeling that morning versus oatmeal so cold cold versus hot i love how you kind of slyly said that because we we've done a a cereal segment on this as well and i was like is he gonna chirp me about the cereal again uh or are you just gonna admit that you're a child and you need to eat the sugary cereal to be happy i am a child and don't eat vector (laughs) Yeah, I haven't eaten Vector in a long time. A lot of Cheerios, obviously. You know, when you have kids, you got to have Cheerios. Um, Honey, my kids are super big into the apple cinnamon Cheerios ooh, lately. Which, it's a nice change, uh, a nice little flavor jump. Yeah. Yeah. Honey Nut is solid, but I won't complain about the apple cinnamon at all. Yeah. Um, I am not an oatmeal person at all. Any way, shape, or form. I'll eat oatmeal. It, it's not bad. Um, it's gotta be the apple cinnamon cereal or maybe like the maple, what is it like maple brown sugar flavor yeah. one? That one's usually pretty good. But then I also have to put uh brown sugar on top of that. I don't know about you, but that that's how I always ate oatmeal. So, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on, hold on. I knew that was I'm a get child a for my for my sugary cereal choices, but the man who eats a vector has to put extra brown sugar on top of his brown sugar and maple syrup oatmeal that's the only way to do it and you're you're kidding yourself if you think otherwise uh yeah that's the only way that i i will eat oatmeal it's a weird thing i don't know like i don't eat it a lot so maybe just it's like a nostalgic thing because that's how i used to eat it as a child um i when we had kids and, and only like recently, maybe in the last like couple of years is the first time I've had oatmeal since I was a child myself. So maybe it was just like I went back to what I, you know, how I ate it normally, just like I've never had Rice Krispies since I was a kid. But I guarantee you I'm going to put sugar on top of those Rice Krispies because that's how I ate it as a kid. 
Um, cereal's just so versatile that you can eat it cold just plain by itself. Like I've many today I had kids didn't eat the rest of their Cheerios and I'm just snacking away on some Cheerios without milk. You can throw milk in it. The options are endless. Um, it's got to be some cold cereal. Yeah. Yeah, I I have to agree with you there. Because like you said, it, it's versatile. Oh, late lunch, have a bowl of cereal. Late night snack, have a bowl of cereal. Right. Like For breakfast, have a bowl of cereal. <laughs> Super stoned, not that I smoke weed, have a bowl of cereal. <laughs> Wow, that actually, I'm not, uh, that reminds me of the Ravens-Bears pregame show. The the panel had Kevin Hart on. Did you see that? So he's doing like all these drills with players. Yeah, and he, what the hell did they ask him? They asked him something about a coach's decision and they're like, on a, on a real serious note, and you're like, okay, you're never going to get Kevin Hart to say anything serious. And he goes, well, all I can say is edibles are for real. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it was the, I remember what it was. It was uh, the the Eagles GM, uh, what was it, Nick Sirianni? Had his he was trying to make this metaphor in a press conference, and he just went so off topic. And he's like, "Well, you know what happened there is he he lost he went down the spiral, and he he lost it, and he knew he lost it, and he just kept going. And uh, edibles, they're no joke, man. They're no joke. And like the whole panel's like losing their mind. They're like, "Is this guy actually talking about edibles on on air?" But yeah, fun fact of the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I'm not endorsing um, the use of marijuana, but cold cereal is fantastic. It's illegal enough uh, for adults. So, next matchup, we have pancakes versus waffles. Ooh. Uh, I'm probably going to take flack for this one. I think waffles are severely overrated. I think. They are only good when you put certain toppings on it. Um, I, I don't like the ridges in it. Like, I, I don't like how it... I, I know. I know. I, I what? told I told you I was going to take flack for this one. And I'm probably going to take like, flack. Disliking the ridges is like yeah. the hottest take of takes. It's like, well, it's, like, it's like not good, liking good, curly like, fries. I don't like curly yeah, fries. But, but like the ridges hold in the topping. It doesn't need to hold in the topping. Like if I wanted that, I would, you know, make a pancake with like a, a little boat in it or something like that. Um, but then you would just, yeah, that's a waffle Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the ridges are overrated. Um, my wife is a great cook and she has this recipe for pancakes that are, I, I never used to like pancakes because I always thought they were too heavy and dense and they kind of just like weighed you down. She's got this recipe that for pancakes that's very like nice and light and there's only one way to eat pancakes. You can come at me on this take uh, at SSFisher87. The only way to eat pancakes, you start out with peanut butter on top and then syrup. Nothing more, nothing less. It's the greatest way you will ever eat a pancake uh pancakes for the win 
it's so funny when you said there's only one way to eat pancakes. I was like, he's going to say peanut butter and jam. Have you ever put peanut butter and jam on your pancake? It, it, it's good. The it's syrup, good. Is, syrup is better than the jam part, though. Okay, see, like, I'll only do, like, the peter, peanut butter and jam if I have, like really want to, like, just, like, mix it up. But syrup is, is my go-to. But, like, waffles, I, I don't know. In, in my household, we have a Mickey Mouse waffle maker. Okay, that might change things. <laughs> so when I when I make waffles, they're Mickey Mouse heads. Um, you know, load them up with some whipped cream, some strawberries, some syrup, like whatever you want on there. Usually, if it's the the kids' birthdays, which actually reminds me, it's Olivia's birthday on Tuesday. Um, I'll like make the Mickey Mouse waffles. I'll put some whipped cream on there, some syrup, and then I'll get like some like ice cream, like. Mm. Um, like sprinkles yeah. sprinkle out on top as well and the kids always get a get a kick out of that one we, um, we were always uh, i can't remember which of you know our parents friends did this but obviously one that didn't like my parents that much they in- introduced us to what they called the breakfast of champions and that was pancakes you know nice hot pancakes fresh out of the oven with a scoop of ice cream right on top of them that just like kind of melted in and then you drizzle uh, and then you drizzle syrup over top of that. So clearly, whoever this person was did not like my parents. Uh, it delicious, by the way. That sounds fan- fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, that that sounds amazing. But, anyways, I'm gonna have to make some pancakes or and or some waffles here <laughs> in the near future. And for me, waffles are probably like above pan- pancakes just for nostalgic reasons like every time my, my dad made pancakes it's like here's the whipped cream and the strawberries and like dad would you know my my, my parents had a whipped cream dispenser like they wouldn't just buy wow. like the pre-bought store stuff and and it was like here like let's you know spray whipped cream in directly into your mouth like why every put it time. on the waffle and like and, and i do that with the kids now like we, we don't have a whipped cream dispenser i, I buy the pre-bought stuff but like every time i pull it on like all right like let's you have to get some whipped cream directly into your mouth, you right? Have so to. part of that is just n- nostalgia. Yeah. Um, next matchup here, um, we we both know uh, as a teacher, sometimes you're in a hurry, you're you're on the go, you, you got to grab something quick and get out get out the door and go teach the the, the teenagers, <laughs> the the youth of the future. So in those quick moments, are you grabbing a smoothie or are you grabbing some sort of toasted confection? Like, a, you know, just toasted bread, a bagel, English muffin. Um, you know, what is it that you're grabbing out the door, smoothie or toast? Um, I never have toast in the morning. Uh, weekends, I'll have toast. I kind of go on these... I guess I don't, I don't even know what you call it. Like for a long time, I will have the same breakfast. doesn't really bother me. Um, smoothies are definitely in there right now. I'm on a muffin breakfast. My wife makes these delicious muffins that are good for you. Um, I, I've been kind of having those on the go. I, I do like a good bagel though. Bagels. There's just something satisfying you know a bacon 
cheese, kind of a little bit of like melted butter in there on a on a bagel, like an everything bagel is always a good choice. Um, but I'm going to pick smoothie because I've had it more. Not necessarily because I like it more, but because that would be my go-to more than say like a bagel or or a piece of toast. I have started toasting my bagels in my toaster oven rather than my toaster. Yeah. Game changer. What is it? What does it do differently? That's such a game changer. It just makes them a little bit more like just more toasted, more crisp and crunchier. And like just more like, but does it know, keep like, the bagel soft inside it? still? Yeah. Okay, because you need you need that a good bagel has to be like the right amount of toasted, but it the inside still has to be like soft and kind of you know right. You yeah. don't want a rock hard bagel, right? So like when you bite into it, it, like it's like it's hard and crispy and gives you that crunch, but it's still soft inside. So like for for lunch uh, today, I had a toasted bagel with avocado. Good choice. Good it choice. Was, yeah. Like throw in the toaster oven, it, it makes a big difference. I started doing that recently, and uh, that's the only way I'll toast my bagels from now on. Wow, I I will say now that you mentioned that, uh, when we in 2019 when we had the shutdown, uh, my and obviously I was working from this office, uh, my morning breakfast because I commute to work, you know takes me about half an hour get to get to work from where I'm at. Um, obviously, you have to get kind of like ready and prepared and stuff like that. Um, I had all this extra time on my hands. I started eating breakfast where I actually made myself breakfast. Every single morning, I made myself uh, avocado toast because it is just delicious. It's it's good for you. Uh, it, it's easy too. Right. It, it, nobody wants to spend a ton of time on breakfast, especially during the, the weekdays where, where you're working. Um, but I'm, I'm still going to go with smoothie because I've had it more as a breakfast. All right. Uh, last matchup here. Call it the, the, the heavyweight matchup. I don't know. Depending which way you look at it, you know what's coming. Bacon versus sausage. Oh, really? I did not see that oh. coming. <laughs> What were you expecting? Well, we'll get to that shortly after this because you missed something that's my heavyweight. Uh, hash browns? Hash browns. Yeah. Hash browns are the heavyweight of breakfast. It's not even close. I Just today, just today, uh, I made the kids, you know, they wanted hash browns. I didn't feel like, you know, making eggs up and stuff like that. So they got hash browns. Uh, I think I made them like yogurt and, and berries or something like that to go with it. For me, just a plate of hash browns. Just a plate of hash browns. So that, Cubed or shredded? What's that? Cubed or shredded? Oh, shredded is trash. Don't even, <laughs> don't even try that. Shredded are trash. It's not even remotely close. 100%. Um, but for this matchup, it's also not even remotely close. I'm, this is going to sound weird because I am a hunter. I, you know, this because I brought it to our, uh, our combine event that we, we organized. Uh, 
I have a lot of sausage in in the freezer being a hunter. <laughs> of course, you take that the wrong way. <laughs> I'm five. <laughs> yeah, you, five. you literally are the child. Um, <laughs> it's just such an easy thing to make up with game meat that we we have a lot of sausage that we, you know, have pepperoni, you know, smokies, things like that. But for breakfast, I actually despise, hate, 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 hate breakfast sausage. I think it's, oh, it's just too rich and... Uh, Bacon is by far the best. You, you could eat a pa- plate of bacon. You're not going to eat a plate of sausages. Yeah, I agree. I, I like sausage patties on like a breakfast sandwich. But like bro- breakfast sausages, like the like the links. Uh, nope. The the links. Not a fan. No. Nope. It total bacon is the premier uh, breakfast meat call it i guess even when, um, even when you watch somebody eat a sausage link in the morning for breakfast it it's just gross watching them eat it like i know it's popular uh when we went away to kamloops for ted's 40th birthday there i think those guys were you know they they had the sausage on their plate and i was like oh it's just so nasty like it's just so absolutely disgusting so, so every now and then like I'll be like, oh, like I can feel like some, like I'll buy like a small package of it, but that's very like maybe once a year type thing. It's like my 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 freezer's full of bacon, not sausage. That, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. Quick uh, rundown of your choices here, and you give me your MVP. Uh. So for your breakfast food showdown, we have pancakes, bacon, cold cereal, and smoothies. What is your MVP, Steve? Okay, before I reveal my MVP, there's one really important breakfast. What did I miss? Yay or nay that we have to go through. Are you an Eggs Benny fan? Nope. Okay. We can still be friends. All right. Nope. They they seem to be so popular. I've tried them. They just don't do anything for me. And I again, another... Hot take that I'll probably get roasted for. You can see my Twitter. Oh, no, you can't. Um, <laughs> at SS Fisher, come at me. They don't belong there. No, Nadine really likes eggs, Benny. Um, I'm not a fan at all. I, I, I don't like poached eggs. I don't like hollandaise sauce. Uh, just the whole thing. I'm not a fan. Like, if you were to put, like, take a uh, over easy or even a sunny side up, which isn't my favorite, but if you were taking over easy egg and, and like put the whole thing together without the hollandaise sauce, I would eat that oh, for interesting. sure. Okay. But maybe yeah, you just need I to did, like, like melt some cheese over top of it or something instead. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't like poached eggs. It, it's a, I'm a, we've talked texture about this. I'm, I'm a big texture person. I'm not a big fan of the texture of poached eggs. <laughs> uh, hollandaise sauce is gross um so yeah no we are definitely still best friends (laughs) so is that why you didn't put eggs in this showdown i actually didn't even think about eggs what to be honest yeah wow yeah wow offside on the offense on this third down for the first time ever chris has committed wow i can't i can't believe that like 
But like again, for for me, eggs are like uh like I don't associate eggs just with breakfast. Like I'll eat eggs okay. any time of the day. It, that that part is one hundred percent true. But when you like when you said, "Oh, the heavyweight matchup is coming up," I was like, "Okay, he's gonna put bacon, bacon eggs hash brown with something else." I was trying to rack my brain, like what else would compete with that. So right. I'm actually going to. You can't go off the board here. No, don't, I can't go off the board. It. It, so if I was going to pick my absolute breakfast that I go to, obviously on weekends because I have time to cook it, is always scrambled eggs. Scrambled is the superior of the eggs. You can actually watch yeah. Gordon Ramsay's show Scrambled if you want to realize how much you can do. Like, I always like scrambled eggs because, again, I'm a texture person as as well for, for the most part. Um, and I... I didn't know you could do this much with scrambled eggs. So it would be scrambled eggs and cubed hash browns easily. But if I'm picking my MVP from this, I honestly thought I was going to pick bacon. I don't have bacon that often. I think bacon is actually overrated for what it does. I think it's a protein that's salty. I can get salty proteins anywhere. So I'm actually going with pancakes for for my for my i know i surprised myself i did not think i was picking pancakes but pancakes with peanut butter and syrup for the win i thought you were going uh cold cereal i thought that would have been your your mvp (laughs) just because of the versatility of it right okay yeah um so i'm not giving you the first down though because you don't like the ridges on waffles and that is the superior um, breakfast, what is that? Bread, starch. I honestly, Pancake I honestly think like we might have to put a t- Twitter poll up here. I think you actually threw a pick six there to me. All right. I, I think I didn't it. even get the first down. I think I got a pick six on that one and brought that back to the. Yeah, you know what? I'll <laughs> I'll throw it up on uh, not tonight. I'll, I'll throw it up at some point tomorrow. After uh, pancakes versus waffles twitter poll okay all right. um all right we're we're out of time today on the show it's kind of fun getting to end on a, a kind of goofy fun some basically completely unfootball related uh we kind of haven't been doing the mailbag because well people can just jump on facebook and our youtube here and comment in the chat we'd love to see some more of that going forward um got any inspirational last words for us here pal uh again my fellow seahawks fans um just weather the storm get through it it's a down year i know we haven't been used to it for a very long time we've never seen russell wilson and pete carroll struggle this has been a very successful era so let's enjoy it for what it has been um, but it can't always be that. So I'm going to leave it at that. Enjoy it. Um, you know, you know, all good things must come to an end. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say that. So uh, as always, guys, uh, we are the Ball Hawks podcast. We are a part, a part of the Dean Blundell Network. You can find us over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check me out 
uh, on Twitter at Phillips Chris 12. Uh, don't forget Steve at SS Fisher eight seven. And as always guys, and I mean it this week, regardless of the struggles, go Hawks. Peace. The podcast super friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.